This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Allen back to throw again. Throws one over the middle. It's tipped, and it's intercepted. C.J. Mosley's got it. Bradley McDougal. And he is in for a catch. Touchdown. And welcome back to another episode of the Cool Your Jets podcast. I'm your host, Ben Blessington, with Michael Nania. And Jamal Adams has officially been traded to the Seattle Seahawks. It's a bit of a uh, breaking news emergency pod. Uh, Joe Douglas uh, gets uh, a tremendous haul for Jamal, getting a, a first-round pick and third-round pick in uh, this year, a first-round pick next year, uh, and a very competent and, and I would even say perhaps a, a very good replacement in Bradley McDougal. Uh, we're really excited about this trade and talking about it. And for those who, who may be diehard uh, CYJ pod fans you may have seen in our Jamal Adams uh, saga podcast a few episodes ago we did both predict that the Seahawks would be the team that would trade for him if he got traded Um, so uh, a crazy situation Michael and I are just kind of bummed we didn't put money on that but uh, without further ado actually before I get to Michael really quickly you can follow us at CYJ pod on Twitter you can find our podcast where you listen to podcasts and you can find it also on jetsxfactor.com but Michael let's just open it up what are your initial thoughts uh, your initial reaction that the news broke a little under an hour ago, just w- what's your, your reaction to Jamal Adams being traded? Yeah, well, when I first looked at the tweet, it just came up, and I saw a fourth-round pick, and then I was about to flip out because I thought we traded him for a fourth. But read the details, and this is a about as good of an escape route to this situation as you could ask for. And with the timing, is so good. The fact that they were able to get out of this before training camp because like, we were just accepting this idea that they were going to go into camp and he was going to – play with this team and under this coach that he has openly just destroyed on social media for months now. And uh, I think the button that he pushed yesterday was finally the right one. He's been pushing every button on the, on the control panel in front of him for months. And this finally was the one publicly ripping Adam Gase in the daily news, calling him a bad leader. I don't know if I've ever seen a a superstar player rip their coach like that publicly, but that was the right button that got him out. Uh, but the fact that the Joe Douglas was able to get him out with this package is just just incredible. I, this is what – I feel like this is what I was looking for the whole time, multiple first-round picks, uh, but also a good starter as well, McDougald, who can take his place, which is so important because they did not have a strong safety on the roster at all uh, to replace Adam. So the fact that they can get a huge haul of picks and a replacement 
to get him out of there and get it done before camp to get the headache out of the room and avoid that awkward dark cloud hanging over the team. Such good timing, and it just plays into Joe Douglas. Uh, his commitment to building this culture and not being bullied around, this is going to do so much for them in negotiations, building respect around the league. Teams aren't going to look at Joe Douglas's Jets as teams and players and agents are not going to try to push this team around. He is. This is the icing on the cake of an offseason full of Joe Douglas just showing the league that he's going to draw a line in the sand. He's going to stick to it. And you're not going to bully him around and get what you want out of him and this team. So uh, I would have preferred that none of this ever happened and Adams just got extended long-term. He's the best safety in the league, kind of has changed that position and what we expect out of it. Uh, but with what did transpire, a lot of which was to blame on just Adams being uh, complete diva and not understanding the situation, circumstances, a lot of it was to blame on him. So with what did transpire, this was about as good. Uh, this is literally the best realistic outcome that you could have expected. Great haul picks, a replacement, and you get it done without having to be distracted during the season. Joe Douglas establishes he's not going to be pushed around, and the culture just gets a lot better, continuing what he has emphasized so much throughout the offseason. So I'm pretty excited about this. I like it. This is, a, like I said, this is the best you could have hoped for with what happened. Right. We had said in that podcast that we expected it to be between the trade that the Steelers uh, offered for Minka Fitzpatrick and then the trade that the Rams offered for, for Jalen Ramsey. We thought it would fall somewhere in between that. And Jamal just blew that out of the water. Yeah, I don't think I did not expect this at all. I thought it would be like a first and a fourth, that right. kind of package. Or maybe right. if you did get a starter, it'd be just them or maybe throw in a day two, day three pick. I did not expect this, but it, he is this type of player. This is what I was hoping to get. I didn't think it actually would happen, but it just goes to show how, how good he is, how valued he is. But uh, this is worth it considering all the off-field stuff that they're moving on from. Yeah, I can't recall a defensive player even getting an offer that was uh, even cl- that beats this. I mean, I, I think that this might be the biggest offer for a defensive player, at least that I can remember off the top of my head. And then when you factor in that, you know, I think it was, I agree with you. I think that the ideal situation would have been that Jamal, it, you know, homegrown talent that you draft clearly uh, an amazing player. And at, you know, I would have said 12 months ago that an amazing leader in the locker room and, and, and on the field. Um, but the point that we made a few weeks ago was that Jamal stock is not going to get any higher. He might go out there and he, he's either going to continue producing at the level he's producing or fall below it. He may, you know, he may uh, become a little bit more of a ball hawk and that might raise it a little bit, but with the jets, all that can happen is his stock was going to go down because he's going to get older He's going to need a contract even sooner because at this point, Jamal is young, a superstar, willing to play on his rookie contract for at least another year. He's completely healthy. If he were to go out there this year and get hurt, his stock goes down. Uh, and we avoided, I mean, we got a bit of a circus this whole offseason, but if he was still on the team, it was going to be a circus atmosphere all season long, and he probably would have been traded at the deadline if it, if it bubbled over. Um, and that was going to lower his stock as well. Um, not to mention that he might not play as well. Um, so I think it was a good time to trade him and, and Joe Douglas, you know, stood pat, didn't grant his request to, to look for a trade. He kept saying publicly, we're not looking to trade him. I believe I even saw that this morning that they weren't looking to trade him. And that seemed to have been a lie. And the reason they did that. And like Michael and I talked about was it just keeps the leverage in Joe Douglas's court. I mean, he started to lose it a little bit with that article that, that Manish Mehta put out, which uh, props by the way to Manish Mehta for even getting that, you know, a, a star player on record trashing the whole organization is pretty unheard of. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I just think that this was, uh, a, 
a pretty uh, amazing move by, by Joe Douglas by just keeping that leverage, uh, maintaining the fact that you're not looking to trade him. And then a team like the Seahawks comes in over the top. If, the, if Joe Douglas was to say, okay, we're looking to trade him, you know, back in May, I don't think they get this offer. So I was uh, thoroughly uh, impressed with this offer. Um, we're going to keep talking about the offer, um, but let's talk about a bit of a, a piece that's getting overlooked here. And Chris Harris Jr., uh, who's one of the top corners in the NFL, uh, just tweeted out about, you know, don't get it twisted that Bradley McDougald, uh, you know, is, is the real deal as well. Michael, you're obviously the analytics god for Jets Twitter. What can you tell us about Bradley McDougald for, for Jets fans who, who have never watched him? Yeah, this is so important because, like I said before, like there wasn't a legitimate strong safety on the roster. You have Ashton Davis, but I think it's clear that, you know, his future is playing the deep role, whether it's cover two, cover one. He's not going to take on the responsibilities that Adams did for the Jets. And I don't think anyone, even McDougald, will just because he was so versatile. But McDougald is a solid starting strong safety who you can put right next to uh, right next to Marcus May and still have an above average maybe even borderline top 10 caliber duo with both of them back there. But uh, he's 29 years old. And a key part, a key thing to keep in mind is that he'll be a free agent after the season. So this is pretty much a one-year rental, you would think, unless he plays really well. But he'll be 30 during the season. But he's a solid starting strong safety. You put him right next to Marcus May. He's pretty decent in coverage since 2014. He's 14th among, tied for 13th among, strong safe, among all safeties with 40 passes defended. Uh, so he did have kind of a down year in 2019, but the two years before that, he was a top 20, top 15 to 20 safety uh, in most numbers. And this year it was mostly missed tackles, but he's a playmaker against the run and coverage. He does get beat more than Adams did. He is susceptible to some big plays, but he does make his share of plays on the ball. As I mentioned with the passes defended, uh, he does pick off a decent amount of passes, 10 career picks, two this year, three the year before that. Uh, so he And he also had three fumbles, four 2018, one last year. So he's a decent playmaker, just all around a pretty solid starter. Uh, the exact thing that they needed to replace Adams. You're, you were not going to get a difference maker to replace him if you're going to get all these picks as well. Uh, but to get someone who's just, you know, like I said, a solid starter, 75 career starts, started 30 games for the Seahawks the last two years, uh, has only missed health is another thing he brings to the table. Only two missed games over the past six seasons. Uh, so a very rock solid, even if he's not great, even if he's just average, which is probably what you are getting. That's plenty enough at a non-premium position. Uh, as long as you don't have what the Jets had a few years ago when they had Calvin Pryor and Marcus Gilchrist blowing coverages left and right. <laughs> as long as you don't have that and you have competency, that's good. And Jamal was a difference maker. He was above that. He brought value that most safeties just don't bring, and they weren't going to replicate that. But they got a starter back who is decent, solid, experienced, veteran, just gets it done at a respectable level in both phases uh, and should form a pretty good duo alongside Marcus May. So even though they're downgrading quite a bit, they do have at least someone to take his place, which they didn't have uh, before making this trade. So uh, uh, it's very good to get McDougald in this trade and now know moving on from Adams that you're immediately getting back someone we could slide into that position. Uh, he'll probably play a much different role. As I said, he's not going to be rushing the passer eight to 10 times per game like Jamal Adams was definitely not. But so the alignment and the creativity is going to be a lot different, not having that flexibility with Adams. But the bottom line is you have a very good free safety in May and you have a decent to pretty good starting safety in McDougald, which is, 
all you really need right. in that back end. And, and as you said before we started this, you have mostly Williamson coming back. That can cover up a lot of what you're going to be missing with Jamal Adams. So uh, again, McDougald is a big part of this trade. Right. I, and it also allows the Jets to not uh, have to thrust Ashton Davis into a starting role, who I am intrigued by. And a lot of people thought he could be a late first, second round pick, and the Jets ended up getting him in the third. Um, but he's a guy that you don't have to throw out there. He can remain in that three safety look. And like, yeah, I was just about to touch on that, that look, I mean, Jamal is an amazing player. Don't, you know, you can't uh, get that wrong at all. I mean, he, he is a fantastic player, uh, but in addition to being a complete distraction off the field, like he was going to be this year, he does not play a premium position. Uh, he is not a quarterback, a left tackle, or an edge rusher. I mean, you could even maybe throw a corner in there. That's not to discredit him as a player, but considering the fact that he was going to want, you know, reports of him wanting 20 plus million dollars. And the fact that you're right, the Jets are going to get their $18 million man back in the middle and CJ Mosley, who before he got hurt was regarded as at least a top five inside linebacker in this league. What Jamal brings to the table, like you just said, I think it will be masked a lot by CJ Mosley and Avery Williams. And they'll miss him for sure. But you're right. All you need in this league is a good, uh, safety duo. You don't need an amazing safety to win Super Bowls uh, in this league. Uh, and and yeah, getting CJ Mosley back and Avery Williamson, that'll help in the run defense. The Jets had one of the best run defenses in the league last year. Part of that was Jamal Adams. Um, but as, I, as we just mentioned, Mosley and Williamson coming back, that'll help that. Jamal was a, a pretty amazing edge rusher for a safety. So I think that's where they'll probably miss him the most is they won't have that extra edge pressure. Um, so it's going to be on Greg Williams to scheme, you know, uh, blitzes open, whether it's with the, the surplus of inside linebackers they have or guys like Brian Poole coming from the slot corner or even rushing a guy like Ashton Davis or, or Bradley McDougald. Um, but you know, overall, I think the big thing, my big takeaway from this is that this is Joe Douglas's, you know, arc de triomphe. This is how he is going to uh, completely put his fingerprints all over the roster. He's done a good job this, this offseason of, uh, of molding the Jets into what he wants them to be, but you know, you can have all your questions about the Jets coaching staff and, and ownership, um, but I'm really excited about this front office. I do fully believe in, in Joe Douglas and, and the staff that he's built coming from top quality organizations, you know, like Baltimore, like Philly, like Indianapolis. And you've just given him four picks uh, in the first round for, for uh, over the next two years. You give him an extra third. Um, I just think you're going to see – I'm just trying to imagine what the Jets are going to be like and what they're going to be looking like in 2022 after you've seen all these picks get made by Joe Douglas. Um, I think this is the type of move that, yes, losing a star player always hurts, although this doesn't even come close to, to Revis when you think about what the Jets got for him. Um, but the, with the haul that they got back, I mean, this is the type of move that can – push the Jets. It might not happen immediately, but in the next years, push the Jets into that elite contending uh, type of organization. This is the type of move where if Joe Douglas is who we think he is, if he's the talent evaluator that we think he is, this is the move that that can put them uh, over the top. And I'm excited about that. And like, look, I think Jamal is amazing, but I don't think Jamal was putting the Jets over the top of the next few years. They were going to have to build the roster and he was going to be able to supplement that. As I said, he's an amazing player, but when he's going to Seattle, he's going on to a contending team that he can try to push over the Jets right now. I don't want to say basement dwellers, I would say, but they're, you know, an average to below average team at this moment, you know, We'll see how the season goes, but the more drafts that Joe Douglas gets under his belt and, and especially with all these picks that he's going to get and, you know, different off season signing guys. uh, I'm just really excited to see what this team is going to look like in in a few years. And as we said uh, in our last podcast, talking about Sam Darnold, the team success pretty much entirely comes down to Sam Darnold. 
if he is who we think he will be, this team is going to be great. And this trade's going to look even better. Um, and if he's not, then, you know, now they have the ammo to go and uh, go get a top tier quarterback in the draft that they really need it. But uh, more so the, the former, that's what I believe is that Sam is, is going to take this team to the next level. And they have all these picks Joe does to, to supplement him with hopefully some offensive talent. Um, I mean, I guess I'll just throw it back to you, Michael, and just any other thoughts that you have on, on this situation. I, I think it, it's, you know, sad that the Jets are going to lose another, you know, star player, homegrown player. But when you look at the Muhammad Wilkerson situation, when we look at Darrell Rivas, you look at all these, you know, I, I don't, I don't even think Muhammad Wilkerson it classifies as a star anymore, but all the different ways that it, it has gone bad for a star in New York. I think this is probably the best outcome uh, that the Jets could have hoped for. Right. I agree with that. And I, I think it's just another good, an, another reason to be, have so much confidence in Joe Douglas and the future of this team. This trade does not make the Jets better in 2020. It actually makes them significantly worse. But long-term, it just does so much positive for them and shows you so much positive about Joe Douglas. And I guess the one thing that is questionable is, you know, whether Douglas played a part in getting to this point with Adams, you know, not right. being unhappy with uh, not getting his extension and all of that. But all of that is just so speculative that it's hard to actually know what if Adams doesn't even hate Adam Gase as much as he says he does, and he just wanted out? Well, yeah, I mean, much? if they offered him a contract in January, he was going to resign. So uh, you can't right. – I don't know how much he really didn't believe in the coach, that he was going to resign for long-term in January if they offered him. Yeah, it's just – it's tough to know all of that. It could be a knock on Douglas and a mistake on his part. It could completely have nothing to do with him. But the fact that he was able to escape this with a very good package and clearly had to have been working on this uh, for quite a while – to get to get this big of a package, you have to be. Uh, it doesn't just happen overnight, I don't think. Although uh, Adams and his recent comments yesterday uh, definitely accelerated it. But uh, it, another good work by another good move by Douglas, and just the fact that he's combining building a culture but not panicking to do it. Because if he was hell bent on building a culture and that's it, then he probably would have traded Adams a long time ago for a lot less, but stayed patient, held his ground, traded him when it made sense, when they could get a package that actually uh, can recoup the value that you're losing with him. Uh, that's what's really impressive because he's just bouncing. And this has been the theme the whole offseason, bouncing positional value, balancing culture, just all these different things that you need to build a winning team. He's mixing them all so well in the draft when he was bouncing needs and talent you know throughout all seven rounds uh, he's just shown so many good things so far and you have to hit on the players of course but just his approach has been so balanced so smart it seems like he has a vision uh, him and the entire front office just has a vision that they're sticking to uh, just they're very committed to it building this culture and building a team that is strong in the right spots the offensive line uh, and just all these supporting the quarterback, the entire offense. And then hopefully next year they get to the edge rush. They emphasize corner this offseason. Uh, it really seems like Joe Douglas knows what he's doing and is the guy uh, to lead the Jets to a place they haven't been in over five decades. And this is a big step. This is, a, this is really interesting because it's a step backward now, but it's a step forward in the long term, just establishing uh, your place as a team that's not going to be pushed around, which the Jets – were the past few seasons easily taken advantage of in trades and negotiations uh, establishing that you're not that also adding a lot of draft capital that's going to be huge in fixing a team that does not have a lot of depth and talent and key spots 
Uh, and just, again, back to the culture, just getting a player who clearly you cannot have around in the locker room and be successful, getting rid of that and just moving on. Uh, as talented as he was, it just got to the point where you weren't going to be able to win or build anything with right. Jamal Adams around. So Joe Douglas, another another reason to be really confident in him. So he, he's just had a fantastic offseason, and this is the feather in the cap of what has been an impressive – and again, just – his involvement in it outside of that, which we don't know uh, the, the hall itself and the timing of this is the feather in the cap of what has been a very impressive first full off season. Yeah. I, I would say that his, you know, and I, I want to be careful not to praise him too much because we haven't really seen um, the results yet, but I would say right. his approach is, is refreshing. I mean, and I, and I do agree with you that this is the first Jets run office that, uh, I was too young for Parcells, but I would say that this is the first Jets. So I would say this is the first Jets offense that I fully trust, that I have complete faith in, that I don't worry about. Uh, and I think it's also important to note not just his approach and 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 free agency and draft uh, and in the draft and getting the value. I don't think he's lost a trade yet. Uh, and, and as his time as a first year uh, GM, now he's going into year two. I think every single trade, I think the Jets have come out on top. And I, and I think you're right. He's establishing a different precedent, not only for, for trading with other teams, but yeah, for, for contract negotiations that no, you cannot just go out and completely bash the organization and expect us to, uh, uh, you know, to sit idle and not, and not do anything about it. I think Joe Douglas culture, he said it from day one is, is very important to him. And he wants to build a roster of we guys and not me guys. And Jamal Adams was hitting every single button this off season uh, you know, to basically spit in Joe Douglas's face. I mean, the antithesis of, of building a good culture. He wants guys who are going to do their job and not going to be about themselves. And I think um, that became, you know, increasingly evident that Jamal was about Jamal. And he's an amazing player, but, um, you know, he clearly showed he didn't want to be a part of the culture to turn the Jets around. And I will say, look, I don't know if Adam Gase is the guy to lead the Jets moving forward this might be his last year who knows maybe maybe he'll be here for for the next uh, you know for the foreseeable future um i will say that if i were adam gase i wouldn't just sweep what jamal said under the rug i would address the team and, and acknowledge that i mean i don't i don't expect him to but i would say if i was in his spot as somebody who's never been an nfl head coach i i would get in front of the team and and i would acknowledge that you know maybe there were times last year that i could have been a better leader um yeah, so, you're right. Maybe this is what wakes him up because it right. feels like such wishful thinking to it's, think that a coach is just going to improve this. But maybe this right. is what finally but, turns a light bulb. But I'm I'm hoping he doesn't just not acknowledge it because I think what makes a great leader is not, you know, not being wrong. It's about admitting when you're wrong. And I'm I'm not saying right. I expect you know that I fully love Adam Gase and I expect him to turn everything around. I'm just saying that I do hope that he gets in front of the team and says, you know, obviously talks about Jamal and that he's not going to be here anymore, but talks about how he can be a better leader in 2020. Um, you know, cause I think, I think he knows he's a smart guy that this is his last, this is his last chance. Um, so he has to turn this uh, around, but I think that the big story today is, is that Joe Douglas is put his fingerprints on this roster. And over the next few years, we're really going to see his vision. And that's exciting because, you know, it's different than the past few GMs where they've made these big trades. It's like, Oh, well, I hope they hit on the picks. I, I, I'm not saying that Joe Douglas is going to hit on every single pick that he, that he makes, but I am confident that he is going to bring the right type of people in this, in this building. And when you think about where the jets are going to be in 2022, after having, you know, if you just look at first round picks, those are the cream of the crop uh, talent. You're going to have four 
cream of the crop talent in addition to second round picks or maybe trades down in one of those and gets, you know, a, a bevy of draft picks or whatever. But this Jets roster is going to look completely different. And as we said, I think this is the type of move that can really change the Jets fortune. Uh, like you said, they're taking a, a back step now. But again, when you factor in what the, the, the atmosphere is going to be like this year, I don't know if it's that much of a back step. It might help the team not having to have the shadow of the, um, you know, over the entire season, except, you know, Jamal is an amazing player. But moving forward, uh, I'm, I'm really excited to see what Joe Douglas can, can do with this. Yeah, it's, it's definitely really exciting to feel. And look, I, I think we felt good about GMs after one year before. Mike McKagan was the executive of the year, whatever that award is worth. Uh, it really just goes to the GM who spends most money in free agency. But uh, we've been excited after one year before. But I yeah, but that... we're not – but that, this one, what I'm getting to, though, I feel like this is more justified because it it's just a lot more than just, okay, you signed Revis, you signed Cromartie, and just right. throwing money around is just also, smart and intelligent and sustainable long-term. Yeah, and we'd also seen after Mike Cagnan one, I, I think every GM who's won that assist or uh, front office executive of the year, though, has had like a pretty terrible year the next year. But, uh, you know, we, we had seen that, you know, Devin Smith wasn't necessarily – uh, perhaps worth the second round pick. And we, we had seen already that, that perhaps Mike McCagnon didn't necessarily deserve it by signing a, a, you know, a ton of top tier vets. Uh, you know, I, I think um, the thing that, you know, that, that will hold the Jets back at, at this point right now is uncertainty in ownership and coaching. I know we haven't really done any podcasts and this is about Jamal, but you know, who knows what will happen with the Jets ownership. I, I don't imagine they sell. I'm hoping that Woody just transfers power to, to Chris Johnson um, and then, as I said, we don't know about Adam Gase, but as far as the future of the Jets from a, a management perspective goes, when it comes to the front office, I have a, a ton of faith in, in the, the uh, direction they're heading. Um, Michael, before we wrap it up, any last thoughts you have on Jamal Adams, the Jets, this situation? Um, just anything before we get out of here from this emergency podcast? Well, I was looking at the compensation that Oakland got for Khalil Mack a few years ago. And the fact that Jamal Adams got more than a top-tier edge rusher is just yeah. <laughs> incredible. So the Bears in that trade got uh, – they got back from the Raiders along with Khalil Mack a second-round pick, uh, and they sent over to the Raiders two firsts, a third, and a sixth. So essentially they made the same exact trade, except they got back a second-rounder as well. So it's just incredible, a really, a really good haul. And this is why I didn't expect it, the fact that – to get Khalil Mack, the Bears gave up uh, two firsts and a third, but also got back a second-round pick. So, essentially, you're just moving back one round and trading a first and a third. Right. But the Jets were able to get the two firsts and the third, and they did give up the uh, the fourth round as well, but that that's well, essentially nothing compared and to And I will say, and, and this is off the top of my head, but don't the Jets have an extra fourth round from – Maybe you can look up the the Jets draft picks. I know they have the extra fifth from from. They Leonard do have Williams. the fifth from the Giants. But did, did they uh, get that's an only extra one? F- they got. But then when they traded down, hold on. If you have anything else to say, I'll look this. Up. I'm pretty sure didn't they get an? It might be beyond this year. I'm just looking at the the 2020 picks. But um, I, damn, I swear that they got another. Well, either way, I mean, either way, it's a, it's a terrific um offer. I, I just yeah, I mean, I I, I don't think there could have been a better scenario for this, uh, for this trade. Yeah, there's just no better escape route because like Jamal put it at this point yesterday where you were facing your best player, going into camp with your best player, having said publicly that your head coach can't lead, which look, he might be right, but still it's hard to 
work in that environment. Imagine uh, if, if you went into your job and you publicly criticize your boss, it's just com a completely ridiculous and awkward situation. So they could have just dumped him and to get rid of that, to move on from that situation, but not got back value that's worth it for as good of a player as he is. But they got a package that is more than a lot more than I definitely thought he would get more than similarly dominant players at more valuable positions have gotten recent years. DeAndre Hopkins just got traded for essentially right. <laughs> David Johnson in a second o round. Odell pick. Beckham Jr. Uh, when you look at that trade, I mean, yeah. this is, you know, unexpected to say the least. I, I don't think that, and look, I, I, I'm, I'm bummed that I have to hate cheer against the Seahawks. You know, I am from, from the Pacific Northwest. So, you know, the Seahawks, if the, you know, if the jets are out of it, I generally cheer for them, but um, you know, uh, they're a good team, but it's not like, you know, those two picks, I mean, people are like, well, they're late first. I mean, the Seahawks, you know, all it takes is one Russell Wilson injury or, you know, they do have Brian Schottenheimer calling play. So you never know. I mean, they could be picking, you know, probably between that 20 and 32 range, but yeah, that's usually where they will end up probably in that 20. Yeah. Low 20. Yeah. Low to high, 20, low to mid twenties. That's usually where. Right. And those up. are solid. I mean, if you look at if the jets had a pick in, in this year's class, I mean, they could have taken, just look at the talent that they could have gotten to, to, to bolster the team and, and hopefully this this is uh, these are picks that are going um, directly to benefit Sam Darnold because I think that's next on Joe Douglas's docket is to finish out rebuilding the offensive line and then giving Sam as much help as as humanly possible. But um, I think that'll do it for us, Michael. Do you have any last? Uh, I know you already asked for your last words, but any last uh, thoughts before we uh, wrap this up? Yeah, I'm just excited about Joe Douglas. That's all. He yeah. handled this so well. And I'm glad. Actually, that's not the number one thought. The number one thought is that this is over and we don't have yes. to talk about it anymore. <laughs> Thank God. No more circus around the – I mean, look, they still have Adam Gase as the head coach, so we'll see exactly uh, what transpires this next year. Um, but, yeah, not having to deal with the Adam Gase, uh, Jamal Adams drama is, is certainly a plus. And I'm excited to see Bradley McDougald. You know, I, I, look, I think the Jets were worse when Jamal wasn't on the field, obviously, but I, a safety is not a quarterback. A safety is not an edge rusher. A safety is not a left tackle. The, the Jets will be fine without Jamal Adams, especially when you look at the haul that they got. So, uh, And then when you figure out that they don't have to pay him and then the stock side, we already went over all this, but extremely excited uh, about the direction the Jets are heading in. Uh, and we only have about, I think, the, I mean, the Jets report to training camp this weekend, and then we have about a month, a little over a month, uh, until they're back playing uh, in front of in front of nobody except uh, <laughs> except on the TV. I guess we'll, we'll watch them. I wonder if the NFL will do cardboard cutouts like the MLB. Because I know you already say uh, in front of the the MetLife crowd, but that's not, <laughs> not the world we're living in, I guess. But I think um, Jamal is going to be pretty happy that. Uh, well, I mean, you said that you were going to hope that you could go and boo him, but I, I know right. you've been screaming loud well, enough. Here's the thing: is you. like if. Yeah, if I was going to go to the Jets Seahawks game, that stadium, I've already been to it, is, is like the loudest stadium. I mean, maybe Arrowhead maybe tops it, but he wasn't going to be able to hear me booing. But if they allow like 20% capacity, I mean, I got a loud voice. Yeah, the voice yeah. would carry we'll then. We'll see. I was a Cox in my freshman year of high school, so I, I can carry a, you know, <sighs> over a large body of a uh, large area, I guess. Yeah. Um, I, I guess we can, we can close this podcast with the, the tweet I just put out um, because I think it encapsulates uh, – you know, Michael and I's uh, feelings on, on, on the situation. And we, and I, uh, I tweeted my congratulations to uh, Russell Wilson. I said, congrats to uh, Russell Wilson and welcoming two new babies to the hashtag Seahawks family win and Prez. So congrats to the happy couple, Russell. I hope you enjoy him. 
as much as we did for about three years. Um, but Sayonara, I've already unfollowed Jamal on, on Twitter as, as I'm sure you still, I don't have to worry about that. (laughs) (laughs) You went on that blocking spree for searching up, uh, up his name. But, uh, no, that's, that's always my favorite part is when some, you know, irrelevant Jets player from like three years ago tweets and I'm like, I still follow him, (laughs) but Jamal, I got him out of the way early, but, um, you know, he, he was a good player, but very excited with the direction the Jets are going. So anyways, you can follow this uh, podcast at CYJ Pod on Twitter. You can follow Michael. I assume you already are because he's kind of a Jets ledger, uh, a Jets Twitter legend at this point, at Michael underscore Nanny. You can listen to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, and you can also find it at um, JetsXFactor.com. And also, if you'd like to check out, we did a, a Sam Darnold kind of film session deep dive, just talking all things Sam Darnold. That's on the Jets X Factor uh, YouTube channel. If you want to watch along with us, the video is a little choppy because it was like an hour and a half, but you can you know see everything. And, and I think that was a good breakdown of, of how we feel about Sam Darnold and, and how optimistic we are um, for his uh, 2020 season. Um, that'll do it for us. Uh, we should have an episode probably next week uh, when the Jets get into training camp, we'll, we'll do some training camp thoughts and, and whatnot. And then we'll just be back on the weekly schedule as the Jets uh, head into their 2020 season. So thanks for listening. Jamal Adams is no longer a New York Jet. Joe Douglas is a is a uh, Jets legend already. Back to throw again. Throws one over the middle. It's tipped and it's intercepted. CJ Mosley's got it. Runs right to the 10. Five. Touchdown. Jones has a take away. Bradley McDougal. <laughs>